I was always a spreadsheet guy, and from, well, um, from maybe around 2000, I just started, I think I started in Access, Microsoft Access, and then Excel, uh, just keeping track of all my songs and demos and ideas, and, uh, and, and then the spreadsheets got more and more complicated, uh, and to the point where it's like, well, I, I'm kind of almost writing code here in these formulas, except it's super hard to use. Um, so maybe I should actually do programming instead. And at the same time, uh, I, I, I had some free time and I was looking for something to do. This is like 2015. So I just kind of went through some online courses and was looking for something, something that looked appealing. And so I connect, I saw the Harvard CS 50 was very popular. So I was like, well, I'll give this a shot. And it didn't take immediately. Like the first, the first uh, week, week of course time was on using scratch. I don't know if you know that, but it's like kind of, click and drag type of programming and you're making a little video game. And it was, it's like, ah, uh, this isn't real. This is not my thing, but it's for kids usually, isn't it? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then there was like six weeks of C. Now when I say weeks, this is like that. If you're actually at a Harvard student at school, that's how long it is. But in, in my time, uh, in my life, six weeks translates to more like six months. That's how long it would take me to get through the equivalent time in, in the course. Uh, so it was a long time on C, which I was starting to get it. Is But then when we hit Python, like halfway through the course, um, I was just amazed at how powerful it was and uh, intuitive it was for me. And I could just get so much done. And then by the end of the course... I was writing programs that were really helping me in manage, manage my day-to-day life as a traveling musician. And then also managing my spreadsheets and managing my, my work as a creative artist. Is that pretty standard for you? Most people they'll do spreadsheets and they'll just have spreadsheets. Are, Are you the kind of person who really just feels the need to completely dive into something to, to immerse yourself into something to such a level that you were taking this really lengthy online coding course? Well, I, I don't, I don't recall doing something like that before. I, I think I am a real um, organizer and, and completist and systematizer. And I, I, I just, I like putting things in the right folder and making sure everything's tagged correctly and for years, it seemed like kind of a waste of time or like an indulgence. Like I, I should be, you know, writing a new song or, or recording a song rather than just cataloging these old ideas. But, but I found that years later, it's, I, I'm, I'm able to very efficiently make use of these ancient ideas because I can just tell my Python program, Hey, show me all the ideas I have at 126 BPM in the key of A flat that start with the third degree of the scale and the melody and are in my, um, yeah, like Dorian mode and 
uh, that my manager has given three three stars or, or more to. Uh, and it's just it's <laughs> whenever I'm stuck as a writer, because I mean, ideally, you just sit down and you pick up a guitar and five minutes later, you have a song, but, but very often you, you hit a stumbling block and you're like, I need something to kind of trigger some inspiration here. So I can very efficiently go through all my old ideas. And it's like, I'm collaborating with my past self. The sitting down at a bunch of spreadsheets is, does it kind of de-romanticize the process of writing songs a little bit? Well, uh, maybe, maybe for a fan, if, if they watched me write a song from beginning to end now, they, they, it might be, might, might not jive with their what they're imagining it was like, but for me, there's still plenty of room for spontaneity and inspiration and what we traditionally think of as human creativity. One of my heroes in in this realm is Igor Stravinsky, who said he he had in, in, there's a collection of his uh, lectures called the Poetics of Music, and he said he had no in that collection he said he has no interest in in a composer that's only using one of his faculties, like a composer that says, I am only going to write what pops into my head spontaneously when I'm in some kind of creative zone. I won't use any of my other tools. He says, no, I, I prefer to, to listen to the music of a comp- composer who's using every faculty at his, his disposal, his intuition, but also his intellect and his ability to analyze and categorize and uh, make use of everything he has. And I find that those end up being the most wild and unpredictable and creative compositions. So part of the project is the uh, the demos that you put up. Was part of the, this process for you going back and kind of diving into some of these older songs and potentially using those as inspiration for future songwriting? No. These are all the demos that have been passed over time and time again over the years as we've made albums or their previous versions of songs that already came out. And they, they have nothing to do with my actual working folder of demos, which I I'm working in every day. And there's something like 1500 to 2000 demos in there. Those are the real cream of the crop. And what once I end up using any of those for a song or I, I, I just give up on them, then they'll be demoted, relegated to this pub, set of public Dropbox folders for the, for the, for the vultures to devour. <laughs> it sounds like you've never been particularly precious about a song, you know, that, that you're willing to just sort of write it and let go of it. Uh, no, well, no, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, I want to know what, what led you to believe that because I think of myself more as a hoarder. I mean, <laughs> after all these years, uh, people are finally hearing these thousands of demos that I, I haven't let anyone hear. <laughs> sure. I guess I just mean from the standpoint of like, you have so many songs that you're just like, yeah, for whatever reason, this isn't going to fit into a project. So it, it is what it is. And you're, you're moving on from it. Yeah. It's, a, it's almost like I have a short memory. It's like, uh, I can work so hard on, on a song and put in so many hours and blood, sweat, and tears, the whole thing. And then, and then a few weeks later, it's like I completely forgotten about it. And yeah, go, going back and listening to some of these now, it's like I listen to them like, 
wow, I put so much work into that and it sounds so cool. And it, I, it's just been sitting in my Dropbox for 10 years. Do you get a sense of whether or not studying coding has made you beyond the spreadsheets, beyond going back and pulling some older stuff you've been working on, that studying coding has in some way made you perhaps a, a better songwriter? In some ways, I like coding more because I feel like in a way it's less emotional or, or um, it's, I, I, I don't get down on myself when, when, I, when I can't get something right, when I fail. I just keep trying and I keep Googling. And it's amazing that 99% of the time it ends up working it, uh, pretty much like you imagined. And I hope some of that is is seeping over to the way I think about songwriting, which has historically been more emotionally fraught. And I, I'm more liable to get down on myself. If a melody isn't good in, in the verse, uh, I'm more likely to think like, to conclude like I'm a bad songwriter, I'm a bad person, I'm not a creative person, that sort of thing. And those kind of thoughts, I, I don't really have that with programming. This far into your career, you still you're still grappling with those feelings? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely way less intense now. When when you're first starting out and you haven't had any success, uh, those kind of thoughts are, are can be totally crippling because you have no evidence to the contrary. It's like, I, I feel like I am talentless and obviously everyone else does too. But after you've had some success and seen your album on the charts and so many thousands of people singing along to the words you wrote and being moved by the melodies. It, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to, to believe like I, I'm truly 100% talentless. I get the sense that one, one of the biggest differences between coding and songwriting from a creative standpoint is it's, it's pretty clear when you've done coding right, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, you write, you write a song and there's no right way. There's no like right hook. There's no like perfect chorus to put out into the world. Yeah. And, and even commercial success isn't any indication of, of whether you, you got it, that, that it's working as, as you put, yeah, you're right. So there's a, there's a much clearer payoff with programming that, that I really appreciate. How many spreadsheets do you have going now? Well, I'm moving, I'm moving away from spreadsheets as I, I get more skilled. I'm, I'm getting more into databases. I, I still, I mean, now I'm all on Google Sheets and Google Docs, and I don't know. I don't know. It's it's got to be thousands. But there, really, there's. I have some massive spreadsheets, massive Google Sheets. Like there's one that's a a giant list of all all the all the songs I've studied over the years, not my songs, but other people's songs. And there's over a hundred fields of, of inquiry, like how long is the verse compared to the chorus? Uh, how many bars into the song does the chorus appear? Uh, all those kind of wonky songwritery things. It sounds like to some degree, there's like a tyranny though of spreadsheets, right? I mean, you're, you're creating all these things to organize yourself and then you get to such a point where you have more spreadsheets than you know what to do with. <laughs> yeah, it can be overwhelming and you just have to go, go to sleep and then come back the next day and I, I usually feel, I feel fresh. This, the spreadsheet I just mentioned, I think I never lose sight of 
the point of that all that study, which is to help me understand what I'm doing as a songwriter, to, to help me learn something. And once I've learned that, I don't feel compelled to maintain, I don't necessarily have to go through all 5,000 rows in the spreadsheet filling out one of the fields before I've, once I have the question answered, then I can go back to the song I was working on. Are databases and spreadsheets, are, the, are they a way of uh, addressing or alleviating, I guess, some of the some of the anxiety in your life, you know, of, of just having, I guess, so much to do at any one given time? I, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, I don't have immediate strong feeling of an answer to that question. So maybe I don't totally understand it. Going about your life, you've got personal responsibilities, you've got professional responsibilities, um, you know, and, and at least in my own experience, it can almost be overwhelming. You know, it's, it's really, it's anxiety inducing having, so much to do at any one given time. It, it sounds like you've, at very least, if not compartmentalized, you've figured out a, a way to kind of uh, approach things more, more directly in a more kind of, like, you know, clinical fashion. Yeah, I think maybe I have to answer no, because I, I feel like my life is really quite simple, and that I don't have a lot to do. And that responsibility-wise, I'm kind of way ahead of the game. Like right, right now, Weezer has two completed albums that we haven't put out. And there's not really any date in mind when we can put them out. I'm already working on the two albums beyond that. It just feels like the days are quite long and I have tons of time to play without, without much in, in, that feels like a responsibility. Has uh, programming, has that turned into something to occupy your time during the quarantine? Well, honestly, I was, I was already quite addicted to programming before the quarantine started. And it's so, so fun and so exciting for me. I, I really have to put a hard limit on how much time I spend on it because I, I should keep working on new music and, spend time with my family um, and, you know, answer some emails and take care of some business. Uh, but it's, it's just so fun. The demo database was, it was another final project. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I took, after CS50, I, I, uh, I ended up taking CS50W, which is web programming. And when the, when the course started, I didn't have a website at all. And then assignment by assignment, I built up all the different apps in the website and then um, in, um, including the chat app, which became a, a pretty big part of my life. Uh, I spent a lot of time on there um, adding new features and then also just talking to people. It's been really fun. Um, but then the, for the final project, they said you can do whatever you want. So I came up with this idea of bundling all the old demos and and selling them in a web store to the fans, to like the most hardcore fans. It's def definitely not for everybody. Like a lot of them are just, some of them are on the old like uh, voice recorder days or even cassette, handheld cassette tape days. <laughs> it's pretty lo-fi and the books in some cases like 20 versions of one song and probably most people 
wouldn't be interested in uh, this, this kind of stuff. Obviously, the industry has changed a, you know, a good deal since the first Weezer record came out. And for a lot of up-and-coming artists, record labels aren't playing as prominent of a role, or you know, perhaps some of them aren't really playing any kind of a, a role at all. Do, do you see this as, as an opportunity to, to create music more directly for, for fans, for, for users? It does seem, you know, as you said before, you've got these other, a number of albums in, in the hopper right now. You know, it does seem that, that Weezer is, you know, very much still kind of tied to that, I guess, a little more traditional approach to, to album release. Do you see this as potentially a, a liberating way to get your music out into the world? Weezer's, you mean like a, a major release from Weezer? Yeah, or just, I guess, just kind of maybe perhaps experimenting and moving away from sort of the more traditional album cycle. Yeah, I, I in fact, I just talked to my manager about it yesterday. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's, it's really, uh, I'm really good at understanding the, the big picture marketplace and how to make the biggest impact in the world. Uh, my manager is so good at that. But I, I was, I just told him like, Hey, this, this feels like something here. This is, first of all, it's really fun. The fans are really happy. It's super easy for everyone involved. I mean, the coding part wasn't easy, but uh, for everyone else, it's like a couple clicks and you got, you got all this music and it's a cheap price and there's like no middleman. I mean, PayPal takes a little, little bit, but it's, it's nothing like a, major label you know <laughs> so uh this could be something um and there's just something so it just it feels so good when it's it's directly from me to the audience so yeah it, we well i mean there's technically though it's 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 it feels uh a little archaic like getting a uh, a zip file of of a thousand demos like of of mp3s what are you going to do with that it's like how do i get this on my phone how do i listen to this i just want to listen to it in spotify that sort of thing so uh, <laughs> i i think technically we'd have to to get a little more up to date yeah i'm not, I'm not suggesting that you put out a new weezer album that's a you know a, a zip drive on a drop on a dropbox account but um you know certainly and and especially since you do it sounds like you've got a, a lot of free time now for for songwriting you know that 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 te- technology and time presents a, a pretty good opportunity for you to you know move beyond just this this kind of I guess clearing the shelves of older demos and actually creating more new music and finding a way to get it directly to the audience. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a real bottleneck for for Weezer now. I don't know if it's the stage of our career we're in. I mean, the pandemic's part of it, but to do a major release the the demand, there's just not a, a, enough demand, I guess, to do more than a record every 18 months or more. And what do you do with everything else you make beyond that? Are you going to uh, continue, keep your studies up? Do you, do you foresee yourself doing another course after this one? Yeah, my, my plan has been to switch to the uh, CS50M, the mobile app development course uh, in January. <laughs> so that seems quite quite daunting and uh but but i look forward to it i think it'd be super cool to have 
an app in your phone? We can expect at some point down the road to have a reverse Cuomo app for our phone. I, I mean, if, if I, if I, if I proceed at the same pace, you should have it by the end of next year. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, I'm a, uh, I volunteer for, uh, to help out with a website and every Wednesday night, it's for a website called Dhamma.org. And it's this, this big meditation organization. And at this point, I'm just kind of like apprentice level. I'm mostly just watching what the other guys are doing, but they said next year I might be, uh, I might code the uh, children's, the, their, their uh, mobile app for their children's meditation courses uh, in a language called Flutter. When you first mentioned to your, you know, your wife and your band members and, and your friends and your family that this was something that you were pursuing, did people look at you like you were crazy that at this point in your life that you were going to go uh, get into coding? <laughs> no, I think everyone who knew me was like, Oh yeah, of course. That totally makes sense. <laughs> you should have been doing this all along because <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, it just seems to be very much along the lines of the way I think. And my wife has been amazing because every now and then a, a new expense will come up. Like, and, and I just feel so bad. Like, all right, I, I really need to get to upgrade this, uh, this uh, Heroku server. It's going to be like, 50, 50 bucks a year. And at this point, the website has not brought in any money. I'm just like, all these little charges are adding up. I'm spending all our money. And she's just like, don't worry about it. Go, go ahead. It's like, it's, it's your hobby. You enjoy it. People spend money on their hobbies. So it, it, just, it really helped me relax. Does she have to remind you that you're a rock star and that, you know, 50 bucks a year is probably something that you can handle at the end of the day? That, and that's not really her style. <laughs> Right. She's, um, she's, you know, quite, quite um, careful about money herself. I, I don't know if it's, we're both from poor backgrounds. I don't know if that's it, but she, yeah, she's um, quite, quite careful. Do you foresee this programming taking up an increasing amount of your time going forward, or are you still being pretty conscious about just keeping it a bit of a, a bit of a side thing? It's taken up about 70% of my work hours. That's not insignificant. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I should let it increase from there. Because <laughs> it, it, I mean, unless, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see a real career switch in the cards. I have to ask because obviously, you know, you're famous for having, having gone back to college a couple of times. We shouldn't expect that, that you're going to make a full career transition from, from Rockstar into web developer. No, I, I can't see me like, um, like getting a job at, at a startup or something or maintaining, maintaining somebody's website. But, but maybe, maybe the, the line between would you say rockstar and and web de- developer it is getting blurred so that um, musicians will will be making more and more use of technological tools i mean besides just the uh, the soft, the music software um, and will will be making more and more use of means of distribution and organization and 
creativity, this coming out in the way we code, code our connection to the audience. Mm-hmm.